What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Man I Want to Be podcast. My name is Keaton, and I am your host, and it's good to be with you on this Friday afternoon. It's 4.55 on a Friday, and I decided I had something to say, and I wanted to record this podcast, and I've been meaning to get back to recording. You know, I'd taken that sabbatical, that time off, and I came back, and I was like, I'm back, and then I didn't record very much, and it's because I hurt my vocal cords. I don't know what I did, but I have had extreme neck pain to where I couldn't talk very much. And so I've been taking time where I only said like 15 words a day, but today I was like, you know what? I'm just going to record. It'll be, I'll be in pain. I'll take some Advil and drink some Tylenol or drink some Tylenol, take some Advil later and it will be fine because I want a podcast. I want to talk to you guys. And if you're new here and you're like, who's this guy telling me about his voice, my name is Keaton. I'm the host of this podcast. This is a podcast that helps men figure out what kind of man they want to be and pursue that vision for the rest of their life. That's what we do here. And I don't edit the podcast because you can't edit your life. Everybody's got a perfect show. This is an imperfect show. I just kind of say things and then catch myself and I let you see that because I'm, I am not trying to be the most polished man in the world. I'm trying to be the best man I can be. I want to be deep in my character. I want to be a man of God. This is a distinctly Christian podcast. This is for Christian men, no matter what their denomination is. This is for Christians. And I want to be a deep man who loves God, who has strong character. I don't care if I'm very polished. I'm not going to, I'm going to try to be polished. I'm trying to try to be excellent, but I'm also going to let it be what it is because that's how life is. Um, and that there's my little rant, but this is a podcast that helps men figure out what kind of man they want to be and then pursue that vision for the rest of their life. And it comes from a moment in my life where I I was, I was a Christian, you know, I was baptized when I was 13. I grew up in a wonderful Christian home. I had wonderful Christian parents. I did the thing you do when you're in college where you stop going to church. You stop, you don't stop believing you, but you definitely stop practicing and suddenly you're like, I, you're lost in the world. You're, and um, I did that. That was my college path. And I, when I came back into the church, I was living in my parents' basement, working at the Olive Garden, maybe going back to school, not going back to school. I went back and forth on that one a lot, really wishing I had a girlfriend. My life was lost. I'm 23 years old. I've got like $9 to my name because I'm spending all the money. I, I make it Olive Garden on who knows what, up to my eyeballs in student debt, and I'm just feeling sorry for myself. And I'm like, I've been in church again for like six months. Why isn't God moving in my life? And I go to, out to the garage because that's where my dad is. You know, I can always find Pops. He's easy to find. He's in the garage. And I'm, you know, sharing this stuff with him, and he's listening. And he looks up at me, and he says, Son, do you know what kind of man you want to be? I was like, No. What kind of question? Who asked that question? No, I don't know. And then he said, I would figure out what kind of man you want to be, and I would pursue that vision relentlessly for the rest of your life. I'm 23 years old at that point. And that question changed my life, and it changed the entire trajectory of my life. And it's it's become a very, uh, it's become the focus of my life is helping young men, Christian men who are in church, but they're and then maybe they're bored in their faith. They're not really following Jesus. They don't, they're unfamiliar with the faith. Or maybe you're not even Christian at all. 
and someone just told you to listen to this, my goal is to help you figure out what kind of man you want to be and pursue that vision for the rest of your life. If you've come to this as a self-help, self-growth kind of podcast, you're going to be disappointed. We are disciples of Jesus here at The Man I Want to Be. We are going to follow Jesus. We are going to do things Jesus' way. Not a lot of hype. Zero hype. I'm I'm zero hype. There's not... (laughs) I'll tell bad jokes, but there is no hype in my body. There's no hype. There's no growth plan. There's no motivation. There's none of that. There's just a lot of um, dying to yourself, serving others, following Jesus, and living this Christian life as young men and figuring out, hey, what's my character going to be? What's my character going to be? And how's that going to affect my family, my children, my grandchildren, and generations, and then my church? That's what this podcast is for. And that's why it's called The Man I Want to Be Podcast. Now, before we get into what we're going to be talking about today, I want to tell you about um, a project that has been, it was birthed in my heart at the beginning of the year, and it involves this podcast, but it's an outgrowth of the podcast. It it was um, during a fast, and I'll tell you about the details there, but I am going to be building a locals community. It's an online community, and you're like, you're probably like, what is locals? I had not actually heard of locals until probably a month ago. And I'll, so I'll tell you a little bit about how I got there first. But um, Locals is an online platform that allows community to happen for people who make content, podcasts, videos, essays, that kind of thing. And it allows the creator of the content to interact with his audience and get support from his audience. So you've probably heard of Patreon where you can support the uh, content creator. You give donations and uh, you get premium content. Locals does that. Locals, though, has, uh, I don't know all the features of Patreon. I have chose Locals because I have a friend who uses Locals, and it's a very, very free speech-friendly platform. But it has all these features that you can do. You and I, we can share posts. You can share a post. I can share a post. It almost looks like old Facebook. Um, videos. I can write essays. You can have community. You'll be able to send me direct messages. I can answer your questions. Um, that, that's why I chose that platform. It's, a, it's an awesome platform. I can do live shows. I can do video. So I'm probably going to be adding video. You can do financial support, which I would be greatly appreciative if you uh, supported me financially because that helps this platform grow. Actually, none of it will go to me personally. It'll go to the platform so that we can expand the reach and, and help men all over the place. But So it's called instituteofmen.locals.com. I'll put it in the show notes so you can click on it and go see the page. Um, and you might have the question like, why is it called the Institute of Men when this is called the Man I Want to Be podcast? And what about that Substack that you started earlier? And I'm, those are great questions. I'm glad you asked. I will still use Substack to write, um, but my focus is going to be on locals. Same idea, different platform, because the idea is the Institute of Men. Both of the the podcasts that I do, the, the Man I Want to Be podcast and the Institute of Men, they were both birthed during my during a fast that I do at the beginning of the year. So at the beginning of each year, I do a fast of some kind where I pray and I seek the Lord and, and I ask for either something for the year. Or... And two years ago, the idea for the Man I Want to Be podcast was birthed in my heart. And it actually wasn't birthed as a podcast initially. It was during that fast, though, towards the very end of the fast, where I felt I felt the Lord say to me, I want you to communicate to and build men. 
that 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 was it. Very short sentence. I was like, okay. So I started a men's group at my church, and anytime I found young men, I would like talk to them and I'd take them out to lunch and that kind of thing. I was like, okay. And it was later in the year that I was like, I'm going to do a podcast, and I'm going to try to share what I've learned over the years through different people and suffering and all you know books and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to share. It. <clears throat> so I did that. I've been doing that for two years, but it was it was during this last year, early 2023, that the Institute of Men was birthed in my heart. And so the, the podcast is part of the Institute of Men. Um, but like the podcast has a mission to help men figure out what kind of man they want to be and pursue that vision for the rest of their life. The idea for the Institute was born during that prayer time when I was reading Nehemiah. So during January, I try to read the book. I try to read the Bible in 30 days. It's the only thing I read. It takes a lot of time. It's something I've been doing for five or six years now. And I'm in Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter one, and I'm reading it. And God places a holy burden for men as the wall around the church. So if you're familiar with the book of Nehemiah, it opens up. Nehemiah is a cup bearer in exile. And he hears about Jerusalem, which is his hometown, that the wall has been torn down and the gates are on fire. And it, it breaks his heart. It breaks his heart. And he starts fasting and praying to God and says, what am I going to do? And as I was reading that, I was like, I got a burden for the men of the church. Like, I, I'm not, I, like I can get emotional talking about it. I got a burden for the men of the church because it was like the walls of the church are the men of the church and they've been torn down. And we have to go rebuild them. Like we, we have to go rebuild the walls of the church, which are the men, the men, the, the normal men, not the leadership, the normal men, the laity, the people who work normal jobs, who raise their families and, and take their kids to church. We have to do that. And in Nehemiah, it's an enemy that has torn down the wall of the church and in this, it, it, it torn down the wall of Jerusalem and it's the same here. It is the, an enemy has torn down the men of the church and we have to rebuild them. So the Institute is, is my response to that burden back in January. And you'll notice if you go to the Substack, it says Institute of Men, and I've written some stuff on there, and I've processed ideas and ideas and ideas, and I'm still processing, still trying to figure out what is it gonna be, and it's gonna be built over several years, of course. But we've gotta, I'm on a, I'm on a mission to help rebuild the wall that is the men around the church to protect what is most precious to God, which is his church. It's his church. That's the thing that is most precious to God is his church. So the Institute, this is the mission of the Institute. The mission of the Institute is to build, strengthen, and form all Christian men who then build God's church, strengthen their marriages, and form their children in God's way. This is a mission that will protect the church now and for generations. So men who build God's church, you build God's church through prayer, presence. You do it through your marriage, and you do it through your children. Like, you're going to build it by inviting your friends. You're going to build it by praying for it. You're going to build it by participating. It's a, The church is a mystical body. It's a mystery. It's hard to understand. But it involves strong marriages, weak marriages that end in divorce, tear down God's church. There's And it just rips things apart, and it changes generations, and it changes children. So we want to strengthen the marriages. And then we need to help fathers. This has to be the burden that you that you take. You have to form your children in God's way. The world is currently trying to form children contrary to Christianity, contrary to God. And that is, that's more obvious than it's ever been. And it's been that way for a long, long time. And it is, it is very, it's a mandate to fathers to bring up their children in the instruction of the Lord. 
mothers and fathers, bring up your children in instruction of the Lord. That's in Ephesians and Deuteronomy chapter 6. It says that, fathers, you need to teach your children these things. That's, it's the job of the father to teach his children the ways of God. And so the mission of, again, once again, of the Institute, which is going to start on locals, it'll have video and writing and podcasts and community because you have to do this together. You can't do it alone. We got to do it together. But the mission is going to be to build, strengthen, and form all Christian men who then build God's church, strengthen their marriages, and form their children in God's way. That is the mission. The man I want to be podcast is going to be part of that because you need to figure out what kind of man you want to be in your character, in your character. You need to figure out what, what's your soul going to be like, not what you're going to do for work, not what you're going to, those vision boards with your dream boat and dream car and dream house and dream, dream, dream. Not that. You need to figure out what kind of man you want to be in your character, how you're going to be remembered at your funeral, how your children will speak of you when they're adults. You need to figure that out. And you need to pursue that vision for the rest of your life. That's part of it. And then we're going to, I'm going to put everything I know into the Institute on how to become a Christian man who follows Jesus. So I've actually come up with these 10, I don't know, the 10 laws, 10 rules, 10, 10 things men must do in order to strengthen and build the church. Everything from turn your home into a domestic church, take responsibility for your own discipleship to Jesus. This is something that like, I've been having a lot of conversations with people about Protestants and Catholicism. And it's funny that the things that Protestants say about Catholics and Catholics say about Protestants. And, and my response has always been, you're either a disciple or you're not. You can do doctrine all day. You're either a disciple of Jesus or you're not. And you need to take responsibility for your discipleship. You got to be diligent in understanding the fullness of the faith and truth. Own the spiritual climate of your family. Form your kids in the way of Christ. Provide for your families. Be a rock of stability. Be the spiritual covering of your family. You've got to pray for your family. You build other men who are without fathers. That is a biblical command to take care of widows and orphans, which half of all kids today are growing up without a father. Present your wife in splendor by washing her with the word and laying down your life for her. Those are like my 10 things that I have kind of come up with. There's Yeah, they might change. Um over the years, but that's that's currently what I've come up with on the Institute. So that was more vision casting on this podcast than I was expecting to do, but that's going to be over on Locals, and I'm, I'm in the process of kind of working that out, and I want to put more time and effort over there. You'll see if you go to instituteofmen.locals.com, you'll see it. there's just a blank page, but go over there, hit, hit join community, set up a Locals account. You can download the app. You can just use the web page. But start joining the community. Consider uh, financially supporting that community. Please pray about that. That would really be helpful for the mission of, of what this platform is. Again, I'm not. I don't. I don't actually get paid. Um, I would have to. Th- this platform would have to make significantly more money before I could ever get paid. So I will just be working my normal job. But it will help push the vision forward. And then, if you would, if you would, if you would. Um, and I, I don't say this tongue in cheek to be like to balance out the money thing. No, I want you to give. Um, to the platform. If you give, that helps me. That helps a lot. I need your money. <laughs> so, um, and so I'm not saying this next one um, to balance out the money thing. I'm saying it in, in addition to, will you please pray for this and pray for the mission. Pray that God would raise up men who build God's church, strengthen their marriage and inform their children so that the church is protected again. Um, enemies, enemies are coming and yeah, <laughs> And you got to have men who protect the church. 
who protect their families. You've got to turn your home into a domestic church. And please, please pray for that. Um, I don't know exactly how the mystery of prayer works, but I know it does. I know that the end goal is not, quote, results, but I know that God, man, <laughs> I, Stephen is getting stoned. This is, this is from Augustine, St. Augustine old. Stephen is getting stoned in Acts chapter 7 and Saul is there and, and as Stephen is getting stoned to death he offers up this prayer to God um, asking for forgiveness of the people around and, and to change you know I don't remember the exact prayer I know that but I know that he Stephen prays as he's being stoned to death and Saul is standing right there and Saul goes on to be one of the probably the most important apostle for missionary work of the of the apostles of the thirteen, for missionary work specifically, I'm using that term that term on purpose. For writing, he had the intellect that the church needed. He had the zeal that the church needed to get like to take off and to make sure everything got to, got to the Gentiles. He he needed it. And Augustine has this great quote where he says, "Without Stephen's prayer, there's no Paul." Now that that may or may not be true, but prayer changes things. So. Please, <laughs> I'll just say it like this. Give me your money. Give me your prayers. I will take it um, because it's going to help with the platform. All right, now that we've gotten through 17 and a half minutes of me talking about the Institute, the uh, podcast I wanted to talk about today, uh, what I wanted to share with you all, um, the title of this podcast is I Am Bored in My Faith. I'm bored in my faith. This is something I hear all of the time. I am bored in my faith, and I've worked at two churches that have done the best services. They're beautiful. like Not beautiful. Beautiful is not the right word. They're exciting and energetic, and they make you feel like God is real, and they're just they're really well-done, big-time Protestant services. And all the time, I hear, there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more. The flashing lights don't work anymore. The cool band doesn't work anymore. The albums they they they're not they don't they don't actually do what we think they're going to do. But there have been other parts of the church history that have not done what done what we hope they would do either. So it's I don't I'm not trying to pick on pick on the church I work at or anything like that. Um, but I hear that all the time. There's like there's got to be more than this. I'm bored in my faith. There's got to be more. There's got to be more than attending my church or my local parish and serving. Like there's gotta be there's gotta be more to the God of the universe who saved me and loved me and gave his son up for me. Like there's gotta be more than just attending this church and hearing my three songs and a message and going through the motions and there's gotta be more. Yeah. And so the first question is, yeah, there's there is way more for you than you could ever possibly imagine. The church is a mystical body. It is a um the faith is a treasure in a field that is worth selling everything and buying for it. And most of us, like you hear that and be like, yeah, but this isn't a very good, what, where I'm currently standing is not a very good treasure. And I would just respond with, well, you haven't sought, you haven't found it. You haven't found it yet. The phrase, and I'm going to end with this later, the phrase seek and you will find is more true than you could ever imagine. Most, if you want to find the treasure that is the kingdom of God and the fullness of the depth of the faith, you're going to have to seek you got to seek. You can't go to church and, and hope to find it. 
You'll see a you'll see it like a small sliver. Small. You gotta seek. So I have what this podcast is, is if you're bored in your faith, I've got some questions for you to ponder. And whichever one resonates the most is the one I want you to focus on. Which one resonates the most of the questions I've got? One, two, three, four, five questions that you should, that I'm going to say, and whichever one of those questions sticks out the most, that's the one that you should ponder and research and pray about. And then I'm going to give you two things that I think you should do uh, that will help you in your, in your faith. And so here's, here's the first question. If you could hear a lawnmower in the back, that's I'm recording this at my father-in-law's house and he, he's mowing. So (laughs) here's the first question. Uh, What do you think the Christian faith is? If I were to ask you to describe the faith as best you could, what, what would you say? What would you say? Would you say it's uh, Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of our sins so we can go to heaven? Well, that's part of it. Dallas Willard actually makes this great point in his book, Divine Conspiracy, which is a book I recommend everybody read at some point. He makes this great point. He says, <laughs> he's talking about the gospel of forgiveness. And he says, "Is if that's all you think it is, you have so much more to explore. What do you think the Christian faith is? Can you describe it? And if you said it, if you, if I ask you, okay, so I'm asking, what is the Christian faith? And you try to describe it. As you try to describe it, would you believe that it was worth centering your life around? The way you would describe the faith, would you believe that it's worth centering your life around? Is it compelling to you? Because if it's not, if it's not really compelling to you, it's definitely not going to be compelling to anybody else. And if it's not compelling to you, you're probably not going to seek till you find or explore and you'll continue to be bored. And I can tell you that the depth of the mystery of the Christian faith, when explored, is the best thing to center your life around. I mean, it gets more and more beautiful every day. I promise. I promise. It gets better than new worship albums. It gets better than new church services. It gets better than... Pick your thing. Pick your thing. It gets better than morning devotionals. Here's, here's something to just consider. Peter says in his in his epistle, I think it's Second Peter, that we are we're partakers of the divine nature. What do you think that means? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what it means. You should go and look. There is so much depth, especially two thousand years after the institution of the church, after Jesus proclaimed, "I'm going to build my church," and it's going to start with you twelve, you twelve nitwits now he wouldn't have said that about them but um i'm gonna start with you 12 2000 years started with 12 and now it's global you have 2000 years worth of stuff to explore so what do you think the christian faith is that's the first thing the second question it kind of goes with it but is do you understand the faith do you understand the story do you understand the doctrine do you understand the differences in doctrine you know one thing that's um interesting i've been looking at pew research numbers and um, the the Pew is a research center that asks all these questions, and they're asking Protestants and Catholics about different stuff. And you know what's really, really interesting is they're starting to, survey-wise, say the same thing about the faith, but one group doesn't recognize that the other group is Christian. I'm, I won't tell you which one. 
which is really, really interesting. But, and I think part of that is because we're very unfamiliar with what the faith is and what are the differences? Like if I asked you, what's the, what was the reason the reformation was even started? Would you know? Probably not, but that's how you got to Protestant, your local church with a big band was from the reformation 500 years ago. Anyway, do you understand the story? Do you understand the doctrine, the difference of the doctrine? Do you understand the symbols? And I know that like, I don't know which church you go to. The two churches I have worked at have gotten rid of all of the symbols and all the artwork. They don't even have a cross. I know that's true of churches across America because they've been trying to attract people who don't believe, but they've gotten rid of all the symbols. And so you it's not even beautiful anymore. But do you understand the story? Do you understand the anticipation of the church in the Old Testament and its fulfillment in the New? There's covenants in the Bible. There's there's five covenants, Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses, David. Yep, there's five covenants in the Old Testament pointing to Jesus Christ and his church. And Jesus and his church fulfill all five of those covenant promises. Like, do you know that? Do you understand the faith? It's It's got a long origin. The faith of Jesus Christ, the faith in Jesus Christ started in the Garden of Eden, was interrupted, and God called Abraham to start putting it back together. Do you understand the faith? Do you know the heritage of the faith, the history? There is a gold mine of history about the church. If you want to start to learn about the church, you could read uh, The Story of Christianity by Justo Gonzalez. Paul Johnson has a great history of of the faith. It's a very large overview. Do you understand the history? Do you, uh, there are thousands, millions of people have gone before you to preserve this faith. People have laid down their life for this faith globally so that you and I could inherit this beautiful thing. So do you know the heritage? Do you know the history? And then here's a big one. In America, is your faith too individual? Is it too individual? Is it about just you and Jesus? Because I've got something to... You and Jesus are important. He would have died just for you if you were the only person he had to die for. Absolutely. But he didn't just die for you. He, he, he died for everybody who would call upon his name. And that invitation is open to everybody in billions of people throughout history have become part of the church. Billions. There's currently, I think, 2.1 billion Christians in the world. If you combine all denominations of the faith. Listen to what the Bible call, says about the, about the church. It never once does it say it's individual. It says it's the pillar and the buttress of the truth. The church is the pillar and the buttress of the truth. Think about that one. The, ch- the Bible says in Timothy, that the church of the living God is the pillar and the buttress of the truth. Paul calls the church a body, which means it's united to Christ. It's head. It means you're one with Christ. It's a visible society with Jesus as the head. He calls it a family. He calls the church a temple. He calls the church the bride of Christ, which means the church is one with Christ once again. One with, one with Christ. None of that is about you as an individual. Your faith might just be too individualistic to be awesome. Because the more you focus on just you, the more boring things get, the least the last, least satisfying they become. And then you could always ask um, the existential question, why are you here? And what is the purpose of this life? 
Maybe you don't have an appreciation for the mystery of life because you haven't pondered the deep questions. Like think you're alive today, but you didn't choose to be alive. You didn't choose to be born. You didn't choose who your parents would be. You didn't choose anything. You're just here. You're alive with your dreams, ambitions, your questions, and your problems. And you're just here. And then one day you're going to die and everything will be over. And it'll be like really fast. And so you have to wonder. And this, this is a scary question to ponder. Why am I even here on this rock floating through infinite space at 24, spinning around at 24,000 miles per hour or whatever it is? Or without, however far it is, how fast it is. Like I'm, I'm floating on a rock in empty, infinite space. The sun is millions of miles away and I'm one of a, several billion people who have lived here. Like why am I here? And then I'm going to leave. And I think this is where a lot of people are having problems now because they feel like they have to preserve the earth. They have to, 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 and they're, they're losing their mind over it. This earth has been here l much longer than you and I ever will be. And it'll be here after we leave. Like, and but it lets them feel like they don't have to deal with like, why am I, why am I here? And sometimes we have to go into the deep mysteries of life and ask the really tough questions that are make might make us a little uncomfortable to really appreciate like, what what's even the purpose of this life and I can tell you that the faith has an answer the faith has an answer the Christian faith is to make your way towards heaven by becoming like Jesus because in G in heaven well you're going to be like Jesus that's what it says in first John and uh, you want to start you want to start preparing now <laughs> that's why you're here you're here to journey towards heaven be a saint and what is a saint? A saint is somebody who loves God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength and loves their neighbor as themselves. This is the first and second greatest commandments that Jesus said. And Jesus did both of those perfectly. And he taught us how to do both of those perfectly without sacrificing the truth. Faith is a, is a great thing. So why are you here? Which one of those questions stands out the most to you? If you're bored in your faith, what do you think the faith is? Do you understand the faith? Do you know the history, the heritage of the faith, the history? Is your faith too individual? Or have you not pondered the, the big questions in life? Which one? And then do those. And then two things I think you should do in addition to looking into one of those questions. First one is I think we should each spend some time in personal prayer with God every single morning, becoming acquainted with him, which means you should learn how to pray. Uh, prayer, prayer is not an is It's hard because we don't know how to do it. We should learn how to pray. Read the scripture and let it be confusing. Ask lots of questions. Read it again then and learn how to pray. You know the best way to pray is to repeat. Just repeat the Psalms. Go into the Psalms, open it up, and say, Lord, accept this as a prayer, and read it out loud. And read it again and read it again and read it again. Those are the prayers of the book of the Bible, are the Psalms. That's a great way to learn how to pray. Um, I've got another book on prayer that I really love. It's got 21 different types of prayer, and I understand, I think, maybe two of them. There's a depth to prayer. It's not just asking God for stuff and saying thank you for dinner. It's communion with the creator of everything. It's searching the depths of your soul and figuring out just how far you are from heaven and watching God draw you into heaven and unionize with him. 
So I think we should all spend some personal time in prayer and learn about prayer and learn about become acquainted with God because the only way to become acquainted with God is through prayer. Bible reading is a form of prayer. <clears throat> and I think you should become obsessed with the Christian faith. This is the second thing. Become obsessed with the Christian faith. I myself, I'm obsessed with the Christian faith. I'm obsessed with the theology, the history, the scripture, the saints, the heroes. I'm obsessed. I'm never bored because I'm obsessed. When I am bored, I'm never bored right now. There have been times in my past when I'm bored, and it's always because I've replaced the faith with something else. And that doesn't satisfy, and I can't figure out why I'm far from God. Every time I'm obsessed with the faith, every time I go into one of those five questions, which I do often, the faith comes alive again. Jesus comes alive. The Holy Spirit, God the Father. So if you're bored in your faith, here's a solution. Here's a solution. You're going to have to seek and find. It's true in every possible meaning. Like you, If you seek, you will find. If you want to find, you're going to have to seek. It's not just going to happen. You have to seek. Seeking is good, and you're going to feel like you're lost at first. But you will find, if you come to believe, Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in a field. When found, a man goes and sells all he has and he buys that field. The treasure you are seeking is worth selling everything that you have and buying it. I promise. I promise. Seek and you will find. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Man I Want to Be podcast. My name is Keaton. Don't forget to go check us out on localsinstituteofmen.locals.com. And I will talk to you next time. I hope this podcast blessed you. God bless.